Welcome to the Wise Men Say podcast, the preview show, which might not be much of a preview show this week, as we're mainly probably going to be fuming about a terrible result away to Wigan Athletic, but we will be touching on the upcoming fixture against Blackpool as well. I'm Roy Fallow, and I am not joined by Matthew Keelan this week. He is being punished for his part in our terrible run of form and his lack of going in the bath before kickoff by being made to sit in the bath from now until we play Blackpool. But we've compromised a little bit because the pubs are open, so he's sitting in a tin bath outside the House of Mouse over in Hilton. <laughs> But I'm joined by two fantastic wise men say regulars to step into my shoes. First of all, Craig Clark. Good evening. I'm not, should I do it? Should I? How are we? Yeah, yeah, there it is. There Someone it is. has to do it. Tribute <laughs> to Matthew Keelan. Our R.I.P. Bathed, our, I was going to say our fallen bathed soldier. <laughs> Sitting in his bubbles, getting really wrinkly skin. Yeah. <laughs> but with a pint, so it bounces out. <laughs> and we're also joined by uh, someone who sadly can't get a pint at the moment, not to rub it in too much, Austria's Tom Walsh. Yes, hello, Rory. Austria is very much pintless at the moment, and uh, as it not has enough. been since uh, November. So I guess we were right to vote for Brexit after all. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Eh? Who'd, Who'd have, have thought? thought, thought? Eh? That sounded like you, you, you were saying that you did vote for it and oh, then no. left the country to go to Austria. <laughs> Despite having voted for it, that would have been a double. That would have been a double whammy if I'd voted for it, moved to Europe, and then this, and then I couldn't have a pint. When yeah. do the when do the return to uh, Austria? A very good question. Uh, but one, no one knows. I cannot answer, and neither oh. can uh, the UVP of uh, government of this country. So please, oh. if you're listening, Sebastian Kurtz, <laughs> I'd re- I really want a pint. I've not had one since November, and I'd really want one. So if you can sort that out. He's probably not listening. He's probably not. Well, you never know. We've got fans all over the world, Tom. But they might be dropping off those fans all over the world if this terrible run of form continues. We have to get to it, boys. The shocking performance we're recording on Wednesday. That was last night against Wigan. A 2-1 defeat. And I said this on the reaction pod after the Charlton game and Mickey touched on it on the Monday pod that it was like watching the very worst of us in that January, February spell where we do have a bit of pressure. We maybe get a goal, but there's no real substance to it, is there? There's basic errors. It's not good enough. We're not particularly being outplayed, but we're just flat and we're not doing the basics right. And it's a very bad time for us to be doing that in the last two games as we need wins. And that, of course, was one of the games in hand. But when you look at that, you do have to look at the maybe inconvenient truth. If you lose twice to a side like Wigan, who are very much relegation threatened, you probably don't deserve the top two, do you? Uh, absolutely not. And it's not just uh, we lost to them. It's we were outplayed by them for the last 45 minutes. And at the start of that game, you wouldn't you wouldn't have even imagined that would happen. We played very well for the first half an hour. Uh, we had them panicking at, like they, they didn't look comfortable at all and as soon as we got the goal like completely like switched off and lost as you're saying like refused to do the basics of the game and got done on two like set pieces and two very very easy goals for for Wigan uh, and yeah it's, it's it's very concerning and it's very I know we weren't saying that 
you know, it's typical Sunderland. I thought the typical Sunderland had gone out the window, but it is very typical Sunderland to stack it at this time of the season. Uh, it's also a typical Lee Johnson in some respects, in the sense that he does have this reputation for being streaky. And I'm not, we don't know whether this is a streak of results or not, because obviously it's a, a couple of um, defeats in a row on the back of a draw. I think if we're being brutally honest, the game against Oxford, had they not gone down to 10 men, would we have won the game? Obviously, we're not trying to be revisionist here. It was a really good and big three points. But, you know, Phil Parkinson came in for a lot of criticism when he went through a spell where he could only get manage a team that would win against teams with 10 men or if we got a penalty. So I think it's, you know, fair to say we were, you know, it's their own fault, Oxford. They looked a decent side, but the they kept making ridiculous tackles. And that's one thing you could point to last night, actually, to bring it full circle. It took so long for him to book one of their players. I don't think we deserved to be lent a hand, but we could have bloody done with it. Because <laughs> then we wouldn't be talking about any of this. I think if they go down to 10 men, you know, we'd win that game. They they grew in confidence of the fact they were, realised they weren't going to get booked for these professional yeah. fouls. Um, uh, Danny, Danny was saying it on the commentary last night that... The foot, the left back. I think it's the left back. He put in a what he would consider to be a yellow card offence, like about three minutes in. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and once they noticed, oh well, they're not. He's not booking for these. We can try our luck here. And it kept kept happening. And in the first, in the opening exchanges, I wasn't too concerned because we were controlling the game and feasibly could be two, three goals up. Um, but then it comes back to haunters in the the latter stages because. They've grown in confidence after they've got an equaliser, and their player and we're not attacking their fullbacks, or like their fullbacks can take more risks because they didn't get booked in the first five minutes. So, I mean, it's, it doesn't just it doesn't you know it excuse. doesn't no excuse especially it, when it is a point yeah especially when they were just waltzing through. I know you said Tom that you think we were outplayed in that second half, but I don't think we were particularly. I think they had the better chances, yes, in the mm. second half, but I don't think they had to work for it particularly. And we just weren't creating anything. It's not like their defense was having to work particularly hard. They're back four. We just weren't putting any pressure on it at all. It looked very clueless. And to go back to the streaky Johnson thing that you touched on, Craig, I, I think that's worth talking about. We were we were warned so to speak of mainly Bristol City fans about this that he had this reputation but now I'm starting to wonder why does he have this reputation because let's look at these last two games Charlton he massively overthought the team selection he totally got that wrong the performances in that weren't good enough but I think looking especially nearly a week on I'm reflecting on that one thing and actually the manager's got a shoulder the majority not all but the majority last night a bit more sympathetic to him because I probably would have gone for a similar starting lineup. I thought Jack Diamond, for the first half at least, played relatively well. He was trying to make things happen at least. But then four subs in mm. one fell swoop in the last two games. I know they were kind of broken up in the Charlton game, but only by a few minutes. That looks like a bit Steve Bruce when he would just chuck all his strikers on. So in one respect, is he overthinking it? But then in the other, actually maybe trying to be a bit too clever or is it more, I don't know what to do here. I better just try and change it. Do you know what I mean? Like I just, we just need something different and four subs. Like 
come on, mm. that's not encouraging, I don't think. He did that in the uh, the Peterborough game, and it worked. So yeah. maybe that's that's what he's thinking. I mean, because that turned that turned a game well a game around as such, and we got we rescued a point from it. But they always say like when a manager makes changes that say like half time, he brings on two subs at half time, or you know that that's an admission that he's got his original yeah. plan wrong. Mm. And bringing four subs on is again maybe a bit of an admission of saying, all right, I've I've got this wrong. But I think um, I can't remember if we've said on a previous pod or. We've said in the group chat, but four subs at once can create that bit of confusion mm. in in the team. Yeah, we were talking and, about in the group chat last night, I think. Yeah, and it looked exactly the case last night. Um, and some some of the players he's bringing on, they're just they're not good. It's like he's bringing <laughs> McFadzian on for Hume. If it was in my eyes, it should have been the other way around. You start McFadzian and then bring Hume on, who's a better player. But yeah, I mean, well, Aidan O'Brien, Aidan O'Brien, well, yeah, why is he not playing? Get on, yeah. like, why is and I think um, again, sorry to go back to our group chat, but me and Gareth were saying I think me and him are in, in terms of the pod are in the minority on this, where we can see there's a bit of a player there with Stuart, and he could have mm. some uses, but face the fact that Aidan O'Brien is a better player who has contributed more than him. Why is Stuart getting in ahead of him at the minute when O'Brien, if you look at the majority of that 14-game unbeaten run, especially the big wins in that and and big results, Mm. O'Brien was quite integral to it. And Stuart, like, fair enough, scores on his debut against Accrington, but hasn't really done much in in a sort of game-changing sense. I'm not saying he's, like, not... Because I think, like I say, he's shown some uses. But how does Aidan O'Brien not get on ahead of him? Well, I, if you want to roll it back to the starting eleven, you could ask why he didn't start the game. And yeah, yeah. To be honest, I agree with you, Rory. I think I probably would have went with a similar team to him, although I maybe would have fancied O9 in midfield and power at right back as the only sort of thing. But when you start to break it down, the back four has started to wilt a little bit recently, but we have had a stable back four. Now, we've all known that there have been players out of position in that back four, but there was a lot of changes to it. Mm-hmm. There was a new left back who's not fully fit, clearly, not quite for 90 minutes. You've got a new player playing alongside him in Bailey Wright, who has been out for a long time as well, and probably, well, he either isn't fully fit or maybe isn't very good. It's hard to decide with him. Obviously, Sanderson's the mainstay, but he's had a different player playing to his right quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And then you start thinking, okay, we're not going to complain because we have said we've needed players to come back. But I think Bailey Wright maybe suits a back three better than a back four. And that was where things, it wasn't just four subs. It was the system change. Yeah, He went to three at the back. He moved all nine to left centre back who's then suddenly alongside left wing back Callum McFadzian. The whole house of cards just felt it just, it didn't, why have you gone to a back three or two one down anyway? Yeah. It just seemed really strange. When you make then, wholesale changes like that and, and then in terms of your personnel and in terms of your system, bizarre. It, it's always going to look, look dis, there's always going to be a lack of flow to your players. Totally. It? Because it, it, it's, 
it's chaotic. And when and, we've been yeah. playing well, we haven't been chaotic. We've been functional. No. Um, you know, and we've not really necessarily blown a lot of teams away, but we've ground teams out. We've controlled games. Mm-hmm. How are you going to do that when you make that many changes? Well, the last point on that is to go back to the starting 11 and Aidan O'Brien. I don't know if he's feeling an injury and that's why he didn't start. But to me, our clearest route to goal has been Aidan McGeady's crossing for Charlie White. Why are you playing him centrally? Yeah. It just yeah. seems utterly yeah. like you, you want to talk about overthinking it, Rory. I think he's done it again. Yeah. Now we were all sitting there before the game going, it doesn't matter. We're playing a poor side. Yes, they had a really good win on the weekend against Doncaster, but they're absolutely in free fall, Doncaster. And you look at the rest of Wigan's form, it's absolutely nothing. But I suppose we've discovered this this season because the teams we've lost against have all been largely not particularly heralded ones. Mm-hmm. And it's happened again. And you know, we can talk about Phil Parkinson. And yes, he did. He didn't do a great job. And I certainly wouldn't want him back. But we've lost a lot of games against poor sides under Johnson. And I think you might have said it, Rory, and you were probably right. He needed time to get going. Then we had the COVID thing. But yeah. there's no excuse at this point. And, oh, no, absolutely and not. It's, it, everything about his decisions in the last two games have been bad from starting 11s to changes. Even the chaos on Saturday against Charlton of changing and doing it in two batches of two. Yeah. Just wait and do all four at once. Why have you done two just before the... Like oh, telling players to come off then stay on. And <sighs> that is going to make... That is going to alter your concentration. Players are only human and it's going to alter your focus if you're walking off and then, oh no, stay on, get back in the position, which I think did happen at oh, one yeah. point against Charlton. Can't remember with who, but I'm, I'm positive that I did. Um, and then you've got sorry, these... I know you were making another point when I, no, I just no, wanted no, around th- that point think... about McGeady Central. I know some people Absolutely like not. it. I think but... this is very much the vibe <laughs> to be. It fair. is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and those set pieces as well that like we just can't defend. I just I don't know what to say about them because it's just so basically fundamentally terrible. But that is that the the confusion about the system because it's, it was the same man, um, you know, being left. Max Power, on the second one especially, you see that Max Power's completely, that's his man and he's completely left him. And again, on the first goal, he's completely open at the back post. And it's like, who is, who's meant to be picking him up? Is it, are these, are we, I don't know, what are we doing zonal? Are we doing man-to-man mm-hmm. or whatever? But whatever system he's playing or whatever, you know, defensive tactic he's using, why is the man free on the back post? Like, in acres of space. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so it's so like fundamentally easy, and these are supposed to be bottom of the league or like relegation strugglers, mm-hmm. and we're just gifting them opportunities to score goals. And it's like Wigan, I mean, they played some nice stuff last night. It's like they aren't, a, they aren't completely hopeless, and you can't give even teams like Wigan just the opportunity to do something like that. And it's a team, like you said, teams like that don't go up in the, in the top two. And, you know, we probably won't now. <laughs> well, it's leaving us a mountain to climb, certainly. And this is the interesting thing, isn't it? Because we, like you touched on, Craig, we've, it's inexcusable to lose if you're going for promotion two games in a row. Charlton game, I guess, in isolation, you can kind of forgive. Yeah. It's a side in good form who have a bit more about them, losing a Wigan. Absolutely not. And, and it's not to excuse the Charlton game totally, but 
you can it, you can rationalize it a bit more is the point I'm making. But the bizarre thing is, back in January, and I, I tweeted something to the effect of this, back in January, February, and especially after the defeat to Shrewsbury, I'd pretty much written off the top two. I always thought we'd finish top six because I thought we'd do enough to at least finish fifth, sixth. The division's shit this year. <laughs> look, it, it is. It, look at how Portsmouth are back in the conversation when they've been terrible. Now, that, that you only have to look as far as that. So I always thought we would make it there, but obviously not in the same context of the fact that we were going to give ourselves such a good chance of making the top two. And again, this isn't an excuse. We should always be pushing for that and it's it's not an excuse to even be in that position in the first place but it's fair to say the damage had already been done and the point I'm trying to make is this is why we have to rediscover our form very quickly because it's more than likely going to be the playoffs now and we have to go into the playoffs in good form with good momentum and putting those two results behind us and thinking by the time the playoffs come round, those are irrelevant. We've won a lot of games. Yes, we've missed out on that, but look at the form. We've rediscovered what we're good at, and there's a good chance we're going to be going into the playoffs with teams we know we can beat and who we possibly, you know, let's take Blackwell for an example. Let's say we get three, four points off them, whatever. That will have beaten recently. We will have that little psychological advantage. And people saying it's similar, it's the same as the Jack Ross season. I don't buy that at all because we were always around the top two for the majority of the season. Yeah. We were in the top two at stages. Whereas this, we would have made a late surge in. It's not acceptable and it's terrible, but I think you do have to rationalise it a little bit differently. Yeah, I mean, yeah, these these games now, I mean, I saw people saying they were a bit more relaxed about the whole game. It's like, no, you should still be... We still, oh, absolutely. Need, yeah, we still yeah. need to win these games because the worst thing we can do is like lose two, three more games and go into the playoffs in dreadful form and then hit a Portsmouth who are in a resurgence with a new manager and just get our asses handed to us. So, I mean, I don't want to be in the playoffs and I don't think, I don't think we'd do well in the playoffs just because historically we <laughs> don't do well in the playoffs and Lee Johnson does not do well in the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I'm trying to rationalize it a bit, Rory, but I'm sorry. Oh, I, I can no. like I, I can understand why no one is positive about it, especially at the um, moment. Don't get us wrong on that. And those two I, those two games against Blackpool, that could be that could be an eye opener if we could. don't play it right. Well, this is this is what I've been saying. When we were saying Rory, we thought we'd go unbeaten and go up. I fundament my fundamental sort of belief was we would almost need to go unbeaten because mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah. had this horrible feeling and I've t- I, I, I don't want to keep calling him Streaky Johnson. I don't want it to sound like we're having a massive dig at him because... We can if you want. Yeah, we we can, have just lost two games, there. like, you know. Sack but him. If, if, <laughs> if, if this was to be the start, we, we don't know. We aren't, you're only as good as your last result or as bad as your last result. If we do fold now, you're right, Tom, the next two games are absolutely massive. Say we draw one, lose one. That's four game, five games without a win. Mm-hmm. That, and then you haven't got many games to sort that out. And suddenly it does look like that Jack Ross season again, yeah. because that's kind of what happened. And we need him to prove that he, as a manager, he can be something other than his reputation in that regard. And I was confident he wouldn't be because I thought we've got the best team possibly for the division 
um, alongside Peter Birrenhall probably. And we've shown enough around the teams teams against us. Sorry, we've played, done enough against the teams around us to suggest we are better than a lot of them. But now this was the worry. Are we going to go into the playoffs? I I didn't think we'd go up if we end up in the playoffs because it would have meant that this had happened and it's happening. And that maybe it's happening at just the kind of wrong time because we're running out of time to sort it out. Mm-hmm. And that the only thing we've got is players to get fit. That That's the one saving grace. Get Bailey Wright fitter, get Denver Hume fitter, and maybe Flanagan. Mm-hmm. They're the saving graces, yeah, I think. Yeah. Otherwise, I think we're... <laughs> and then we're, it potentially solves a problem for you in midfield as well, because that's yep. underperformed for the last two games. And for me... You get Grant Ledbetter in there as much as possible. He does control things a bit more. And alongside him, though, I think you can take your pick. If Obviously, all nine is probably going to have a couple of games where he does still have to fill in at right back or centre-half, wherever. I'd rather not see Josh scoring. I think Winchester is probably a better shout than him. But powers all over the place he did have a good run of form but he's dipped a little bit but again centre-half recently so I've got a bit of sympathy for him there but I think Ledbetter has to be your first name on the team sheet for a rest in this slide Mm -hmm. I mean I'm hoping the experiment with Luke 09 at centre-half comes to an end quite soon because these last night he got you know he's holding on to him and he gets rolled dead easily and it's you know walloped Mm. into the net um but yeah, I agree with Ledbetter just to bring a bit more composure to the team. I mean, like in the last 15, 20 minutes yesterday, we were getting overrun in midfield and they were just slicing like through us. And, you know, Wigan probably should have won by a couple more if they had a half deep. Like a... Well, they had the better chances, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, <laughs> after, yeah. After we went behind, like we didn't, yeah. we didn't do anything. a single thing. Like, and that's... Well, we were awful. So worrying, yeah. Like, so, so worrying. And I can't even, like, highlight any individuals as being particularly bad. It was just all so flat. Do you Mm. know what I mean? It was just Mm. so disjointed and just bleh. It was like cold sick on a football (laughs) pitch. It was just... It's one of those performances we put in in the championship when we got relegated. Yeah, massive. Mm. Have that, yeah. have that half an hour where we, were, we looked good, got a goal, and then just after that, as soon as the other opposition got a sniff, then it was just completely like lie down. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm going to single. Uh, to be honest, I'm going to single Jordan Jones out. To be honest, because I mm. don't know why he wasn't was left out against Charlton, but his performance when he came on suggested why. And he continued yeah. it on last night. He just looked. It, it, I, wingers can be inconsistent by the nature of what they do, and that's fine. But like when we've seen someone like Lyndon Gooch, right? You've got like 20 games out of him or whatever, and you thought, well, you know, he's looked really good. And then it's faded, mm-hmm. and there's been a bit of a barren spell. With him, it's been literally, he looked pretty crap at first. Then you thought, all right, he's just getting fit because he looked amazing for four, five, six games. And it's just gone off a cliff. It's not like it's been gradual. There's been no sign of this at all. Yeah. He looked like he was a key component in getting us out of this division. Mm. And he's gone missing out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, what? That is really bizarre. I find it really shocking, to be honest. Because with those three, um, well, four, let's include Charlie White in it. White gets a goal. McGeady puts a great cross in for it. And Diamond, as I touched on earlier, I thought was running with the ball quite mm. well and trying to fall, like trying to make things happen. 
I think they come out with a semblance of credit, um, especially White and McGee with the goal and assist. But you're right, Jones was just was just shocking and maybe right to rotate him out. And I, mm. I wouldn't be against Diamond starting again, get McGee back on the wing for the Blackpool game and hopefully Aidan O'Brien behind. Or three White. in the middle. Or three, three in, in the middle, middle, yeah, to help get that control. I wouldn't be against it. But I, I think, uh, I, I mean, we're all big O'Brien fans. Um and you've already touched on why, Rory, because he has... I think White last night, yeah, I thought the goal was really good and he took it really well. And, and it was good to see him get a goal because he kind of needed one. He did, yeah. But overall, I think his game would have benefited greatly from having O'Brien. But Stewart comes on and I'm personally not, not impressed with what I've seen so far. I can see the logic of bringing him on if you want to go direct because you're a bit desperate. But there's no chemistry between them. Him yeah. and White are on totally different wavelengths. Stuart O'Brien, yeah, he looks more like. Even though I think there is a bit of a player there, it looks like it's either him or White, doesn't it? Yeah, I would agree with that as well. And yeah, the alternative is three in the middle, and we've done it against teams like Doncaster. I know Doncaster. It's maybe not a great example because they are the arse has just dropped so badly, but we looked really good against them. Like that midfield three, what was it? It was Power, was it Winchester or was it Scowan? And 09 was the third man, I think, in the midfield. Yeah, I think 09 did play midfield that day, didn't he? Um, but it was really dynamic. And... Yeah, and it was functional as well. Like yeah. it wasn't like it oddly wasn't like we blew them off the park, but we just, we had everyone knew their jobs. And, you know, if everything came together, it was get the bottom of Gady wide, cross for white, we'll cause them problems. And that's what we did. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't this champagne football, like flown and <laughs> 20 passes with a tap in, but everyone knew their jobs and everyone, again, I should probably look up the, the starting 11 because maybe this is wrong, but I don't think there was many square pegs in round holes that day. Was there? I think 09 may have been in midfield, but... 09 was definitely in midfield and a power played as the kind of, the one surprising thing was that he played that kind of lead bit of role where mm-hmm. often it's been Winchester, you would think, could kind of do it or lead bitter of himself, obviously. I can't yeah. remember if Scowan played in that game. We did have Scowan playing. I um, thought it was, so. it was Sanderson and Wright at centre half, McFadden and McLaughlin at full back, or nine power scoring. Uh, Gooch, Wyke, and McGeady as well. That's close so. to your best 11, in my opinion. McFadden out for Hume. Yeah. Um, and you can rotate the midfield three. There's there's enough in the available. And obviously, Gooch Jones are kind of interchangeable. Yeah, I'd, I'd personally stop scoring for Leadbitter in that. There's a bit of a sitter, and then you can push or nine up. Power can do the box to box. Or I'd maybe, you know, Power and Winchester, you could maybe rotate between the two of them as well. But it's harsh on O'Brien, who does a lot of good yeah. stuff. But maybe, and, that, and that's a nice problem to have that we've got those two systems, I suppose. But that might be what we need in terms of just getting control of games again, especially for a game against Blackpool, who are quite a dangerous side as well. Away, we're going away from home as well. Would anyone, to jump ahead a little bit, would anyone go with maybe the 4-3-3 against Blackpool rather than a 2-3-1? Why not? Why not, eh? He's got <laughs> to try something different and it's... Um, well, we can't... Essentially, you just can't have another performance like last night or the because we'll just get done again. And then it's, it has to, like, the problem is it has to be a win against Blackpool. And if it's, because if it's not, it's like this more kind of, 
the seeds of doubt grow more. And then you have these people said, oh, well, I told you they were always shite. So, you know, oh. it was all, they're, all, they're always bottlers. They always do this, which is a weird subset of Sunderland fans. Which It's very online, that, isn't it, though, to be yeah. fair? Yeah, oh, well, I've been at matches where it's the same. Oh, Someone, there's your you dad you know, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, your dad generally. I'm, I'm not talking about Tom's dad specifically. Not my, not my I, I, I've dad. never met the man. He could be lovely for all I know. But you, <laughs> your general dars who, who will go on like yeah. that. But I think this, yeah, this narrative of, like, you know, seeing people say... Also, is a point against Peterborough still really good now? Well, oh, yes, it's just yes, at yourself. the time it was because I didn't think we were going to play like utter dog shit against <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we were still in very fucking good form. Then oh yeah, it's like, on. yeah, it's... I didn't see an utter defensive capitulation against Charlton as well. To be honest, I thought Charlton actually I thought was a game we would draw and would be quite tough, but I thought we would then go and beat Wigan. Yes, going away from home when you've still got games to play and people go, oh, everyone's going on to get about games in hand again. But you back them to win those games in hand. Like, I it's, know. It's, you're right. Well, it's, 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 it's people like like just enjoying as lose so they can be right. And yeah. it's just like, well, well done, mate. Well, well done. It's like, so whenever we do win, it's like you can't like, do you enjoy it because you were wrong? Yeah. Or but you enjoy it when we lose and you're right. It's like right, get a <laughs> get a fucking grip. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting you say just to pull it round to the Blackpool game in terms of the <laughs> being. I, I know. Well, I agree. Moving with away from settling scores. Yeah. No, no, and I, another I, thing. I, well, come come on, bring more out. I'll get all this rage out. This is the rage podcast yeah, yeah. after a loss like that. Get it all Absolutely. out. Get it all out of your system. I I, I do agree. I think. Peterborough was a good point. They, of course they, it was. They don't drop was. points at home. They rarely <laughs> drop points yeah. at home. So not losing away at a team that doesn't drop points at home is a good result. And we actually played all right in that game. Exactly. It was probably balanced. The draw was probably we a did. fair result, but we controlled like long periods of the game and they had chances as well to win it, but we were a daft on goal away from nicking yeah. it as well. Like that could have been so different that game. Like that's totally different to these last two games where you come away from them and think, yes, we lost them and we deserve yeah. to, and we were shit and we did not do enough to even deserve a point. I'd also take that- it. Sorry. sorry. I'd also take issue with the term that we're bottling it. Oh, I don't, uh, we've yeah. not had, we've not had an opportunity to bottle it. This we've, like you said, Rory, we dragged ourselves up from, well, the depths of whatever Parkinson left us in to even have a shot at getting promoted in the top the top two. That's it's not, just one of those football not buzz words now, though, isn't it? Bottling yeah, it. Yeah. Whenever a team loses a game, oh, they've bottled it. Like yeah. you, could, you could be in mid-table and slip to 13th and you've somehow bottled it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like when pe- yeah. any, any player who has a bad run of form is now a fraud. Like it's yeah, just yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyone like bottling it, it just gets... No, you're bottling it if you were top of the league and you finish eighth. Like, that's yeah. bottling it. Like, this it's yeah, proper, yeah. isn't... It's proper, you accumulate as crack, like, isn't it? Yeah, like, it's, it's crying, like, oh, laughing yeah, emojis, yeah. like, all yeah. over, isn't it? Like, oh, just fuck off. Stop it's being It's like, boring. who's better, Messi or Ronaldo? Like, that kind <laughs> of shit. It's just the new yeah. form of that. It's what it's evolved into, is, like, Absolutely. bottling fraud. This, my personal favourite is, because when uh, Sarri was at Chelsea, there was this whole Sarri ball thing. So now mm. it's everything ball. Yes, that's I'm so joke. sick of yeah. it. Yeah. We had Parky oh, ball, no. didn't we? Well, I mean, that it was, was funny because yeah, it rhymes it sh- a bit with Sarri and it was shit, yeah. And it was but terrible. We, <laughs> yeah, but like when you go online, you just say, oh, yeah, well, 
you know, it's gone from Lampard ball to Tuchel ball, and it's like, what? What? No. What was Lamp- no one Lampard talks like have... this? No one like no one talks bullshit. like this. It's, it's, yeah. it's the modern day like West Ham way and Tottenham oh, way, yes. that kind of stuff. But it's a manager rather than. But a it's club a manager because managers yeah. are now like. Um, like celebrities in their own right yeah. or icons in their well, own. Well, I guess right. he had the Shankly way, which was a valid one, wasn't it? Like, oh, that, that was legit. That's, though, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. they start from. They, they usually start from legit things, but then people are just too keen to use these bu- buzzwords that they just throw them to anything. Um, uh, I miss Parky Ball. That was good. It was, <laughs> it was, it was good bodying, like, sh- uh, like good, <laughs> like good teams, like Wickham, just being just being awful, but then walloping them. Yeah, bring back. it back. Bring him back. Yeah, agree, agree. Sack bring Johnson, the fraud. The fraud, the streaky bring, fraud. The streaky <laughs> fraud. And bring back glorious Parky Ball. Uh, I mean, man. he's still out of work, football league, man. A good <laughs> man. <laughs> Unless you're Aidan McGeady, he might disagree. Yeah, well. Imagine oh, yeah, we don't... brings him back. Oh, Kirill yeah, brings that... him back. It would be hilarious. McGeady <laughs> pedaled instantly. I can't work with him. <laughs> Get out of this team. <laughs> oh, but yes, dear, Blackpool. Away. Yes, yes, we probably should talk yeah. about Blackpool away. The Wise Men Say podcast is brought to you in association with From the Terraces. Cargo shorts. For a 10% discount, enter the code WMS10 at the checkout stage. Bucket heads. While you do that, check out the From the Terraces podcast, presented by Rory Fallow and Matthew Keeling. T-shirts. For more information, search for From the Terraces on social media. One of two games we are going to be playing against Blackpool. In One this. of four. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, it does feel. Yeah, good point. Actually, no, it might be the final. It might only be three. Um, or, or are you not backing us to get that far in the playoffs, Tom? Semi-final uh, defeat. Well, if we do get there, it's definitely going to be Charlton that beats us. Yeah, oh, that, that was. God, fine. I'm Nigel. your joke there. Atkins. Uh, yeah. Ah, that's fine. That's fine. It's, it's it's one for everyone. It's one for all the all of Sunderland Twitter. Um, yes, Blackpool haven't lost since the sixth of February. Uh, yes, their yes. only loss um, in nineteen games as well in in that defeat, <laughs> which I think was against Ipswich. Um, they do draw a lot though. Um, yeah. Eleven this season, which I think is the joint third amount um, this League One campaign, and eight of those draws. Um, this season have been in that 19 game spell including their last two games a lot of them have been very recent so is this where we see the return of our old friend yes. to really give it the Jack Ross vibe yes. the ideologically correct <laughs> result of 1-1 <laughs> I, I, I really hope so if you're going to bet on it that's what you bet on a draw without a 100%, doubt 100% because um, like you look at their home record is riddled with they're better away than they are at home um, they're actually so we've got that to come as well. <laughs> I know. Like, really, we should be targeting. Like you say, they haven't lost for ages. Um, mm-hmm. And so you, you have to target a win. Even though that's the case, someone has to bring it to an end. Someone brought our run yeah. to an end. Yeah, exactly. And Noel Elliott Embleton as well is going to be a blow for them as, yeah. as well. He's been reportedly quite integral to them. Their fans said they can't believe that we've sent them on loan there. So... That is going to be a factor. I'm mm. not going to pretend to be an expert on the Blackpool squad and who's going to be coming in for him, but that's going to be a blow and one that we have to try and take advantage of and maybe hope that Elliot's given us you know, some, some little tips as well. <laughs> we sent him there as a little sleeper agent, perhaps. 
Uh, I mean, well, the team's saying he's great, and every time I he played for Sunderland, he was rubbish. And he <laughs> said nothing. Yeah. It's like it's it's yeah. typical, isn't it? And we'll get him back next season um, on our millionth season in League One, and he'll do. <laughs> he'll be injured for six months of the season, yeah. where everyone will think he's amazing during this spell, Again. Yeah. and then he'll be naff when he we play when he play him. Yeah. It's, well, yeah. it's a classic example, isn't it? Where Blackpool, everyone's right to talk about. They are the kind of in a, a good form side, and he's been part of that. But also, there is a big difference between doing that for Blackpool and the expectations for him here. I guess it seems that they maybe play a difference. There was no place for him in the Sunderland. T- the way no. Johnson set it up, he just doesn't really fit in, does no. he? Uh, like you're right, though. He, he's never looked particularly. Good yeah, for just, us he's just never done it when he had the opportunities, which is a sh- it's a shame because I always think of that Sheffield United match last under Ross where mm. he looked brilliant and then he pinged his hamstring and we didn't see him again for like six months. Yeah, that so, yeah that was a blow for him, and you know sure. regardless of what division we're in, because he signed a new deal as well before he went on loan. Remember, uh-huh. didn't he? So he is going to be coming back to us. So okay, long term, hopefully this will be beneficial. Like you were saying, Tom, for our millionth uh, season <laughs> in, in League One, we've touched on changes to the side already. Um, Bailey Wright played ninety minutes when he was only expected to be on the bench, but. He's probably going to have to start again here, isn't he? Because I don't think we can go back to 9 at centre-half. I'm kind of all right with 9 at right back, perhaps, but we do also have the option of McLaughlin. And do we just go, right, players in natural positions, we need a win, let's get 9 in midfield, a solid back four. McLaughlin, Connor, boy, you just stay back. Dent for Hume, you can... Because if, if Hume's getting forward and McLaughlin's staying back, you know, you go to that sort of auxiliary back three to an ex... It's like three centre-half sort of, don't you? Or nine, lead bit there. And then, you know, take your pick from power. Winchester scoring. McGeady's obviously a shoe-in. Wyke's a shoe-in. And I'd probably go for Diamond as well. And 4-3-3, I think, might be might be the one for this. It sounds about right, that. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd back you. I'm just thinking about uh, McLaughlin because he said he couldn't run yesterday because he had a, like a hernia problem. So oh, I don't know God. if he's going to be. He right is actually going to be fit. Yeah, we haven't had the the presser yet, so we no. don't know how serious that injury in the warm up is. So yeah, that probably does indicate that Luke O'Neill is going to have to play right back again. But that I'm still not, gives not, you something, yeah. doesn't it? Like going going forward on 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 either flank, I suppose. Yeah, O'Neill at right back. I feel more comfortable with than 09 at centre back. Like like I mentioned before, it's like he has he, he had his really good he had his good spell filling in there. But the past two games, past few games actually, it's like um, yeah, can we put him back out to at least a position which we know he can play really well at? Um, mm. And then we've got decent ish options in midfield. I would go. I'd agree. I'd go with Winchester and Power and Ledbitter. So yeah, just if we can move him out of centre back, <laughs> if McLaughlin's not, because if Bailey Wright and Dion Sanderson, I'd be quite happy with really. But right, I know he's he's been out for a while, but man, he wasn't very good last yeah last, last night, that, was he? I was, as I said that, I was thinking there's you just it's weird, like, isn't it? Because you is do he think, good, <laughs> yeah. That that is a it's a really good question, yeah. Because it's not a similar thing to what we were kind of and this isn't the manager's it's no one's fault really but what we were saying about the four subs thing 
Bailey Wright wasn't expecting to start until about five minutes yeah. before kickoff. So that coupled with not being fully fit, I've got a degree of sympathy with, oh, yeah. with all yeah. parties there. In the context of last night's game, definitely. I just think he's so injury prone and out so often. He's actually, over his course of his Sunderland career, not being quite as good as I think he was on his initial loan spell. He looked like a colossus when we first got him, but it was part of a back three. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, you know, when we've talked about 0-9 getting rolled, he do- I think Wright has a tendency to get quite tight. I'd, I'd certainly be happier with those two, given a run of games together, though, at centre-half. It mightn't be a, a popular opinion, but I personally would prefer Flanagan and Sanderson as the centre-backs, but obviously Flanagan isn't fit, and I don't know when he's going to be back. He seems to have been out for an eternity. Yeah, he's just never got going this season, Flanagan. Yeah. Really, has he? Yeah, I don't massively disagree, to be fair, Craig. I think Wright and Flanagan, you kind of look at the over the course of their Sunderland mm-hmm. career. I know Flanagan's as longer, but Flanagan, early stages of Ross, had a lot of good performances. Remember, we, with him and him and Jack Baldwin, of all people, we were getting <laughs> a lot of clean sheets. I know they had a really good goalkeeper behind them, but he has had gun, good runs of form. And I know a little bit further in, in his career now, but it's not like he's not thousands, so... It's yeah, it's take your pick of them two, but just natural centre halves would uh, be very nice. So just just because I remembered that, and we were talking about it today, um, is it worth bringing Chris Maguire back into the squad because yeah. he's been bombed out these past um, couple couple of weeks for some reason? I don't know. Which is yeah, oddly bizarre when he can and he has he's done this for Lee Johnson where he's came off the bench and and, and had very positive impact. Yeah, he's yeah. scored possibly probably our best goal of the season to get mm-hmm. us that point of crew and does that run like sort of around when we beat Lincoln in the in the semi-final the Papa John's he was coming on and just contributed looked like a good role for him as well but yeah yeah I know you don't know what goes on behind the scenes but but if if, if he can't even get in the squad and Aidan O'Brien can't even get on off the bench unless there's injury reasons it's it's totally bizarre and again it mm. does a point to overthinking things yeah, I'm, I was just a bit confused. I thought when he was playing for the under-23s, I thought, oh, it must be like a fitness issue mm-hmm. or something. But then he's not getting into squads. Um, I, I don't know. It's just, you, like you say, it might have something happened behind the scenes or whatever. Or Johnson just doesn't like him or doesn't rate him. It's just a bit odd when we come to this like crunch time of the season and we know we will have seen he's a player that can produce and has like scored a lot of important goals for us in the past. It's just a bit of a weird one. Yeah, he's, you'd rather you'd rather have the option on. Sorry, you'd rather have the option on the bench than. Yeah, of course. So, for example, you, you take uh, McLaughlin out last night and bring Wright has to come into the team. Now, I mean, you could you could ask why Winchester wasn't involved in the first place, but he wasn't. What does bringing Winchester onto the bench off here that Ledbetter doesn't? Yeah. Why not bring Maguire in as the second? Yeah. At le- like at least having Wright on the bench made sense in the context of what was available. I just don't really understand what the point of having two midfielders who essentially would do the same thing for you when you could have a, a talent like Maguire who, yeah, he's a frustrating player and he's possibly difficult to man-manage, but that's his job. That's the oh, manager's yeah. job. Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, just you probably are using him just in the case of we need you to go on and do something and you give him a bit of freedom and he does kind of thrive on that a little bit. It's does It seems a waste as well, especially when he thrives on big games as well and we're in, and every game is quite big now because as daft as it may sound, 
Peter were playing on Friday night. Uh, they're they playing mm. Northampton, admittedly. <sighs> but let's just say, for the sake of argument, Peter lose that. You're then buzzing for the Blackpool game, and you, and you, and you then you start having all your daft little thoughts. <laughs> I think um, Luke Luke Borley, friend of the pod, contributor the, to the pod in the past as well, said there will be one more moment this season where they hook you back in. And to be fair, <laughs> maybe that maybe that will come in the playoffs. Maybe we'll get the playoff mm. final, and, and that'll be it. But I totally agree. There'll be one more moment, and it'll be something like that. It'll be something this weekend where because Hull are playing Fleetwood as well, which could mm. be and um, their form's been a bit all over the place. But the, they're a team who can get a result. Let's just say we win and Hull lose. Then you're think looking at that whole game midweek, thinking, well, if we beat them. We've still got the game in hand over Hull, and the game in hand becomes a thing. It's totally stupid, and I don't. People are from like any does this, will be fuming and saying I'm just being like totally optimistic. But <laughs> there will be one of those moments where they totally hook you back in again, and I hate them for us. I could tell you what, how I could kind of guess of how it's going to go if okay. we're going down that route. That we'll beat Blackpool. Yeah. Uh, Peterborough won't. Peterborough and Hull will both lose this weekend. Yeah. We'll go to Hull and win. <laughs> And then we'll get beat by whoever we play next. Northampton as well. Northampton, <laughs> yeah. Plymouth. Game, actually, actually, actually we play Blackpool again. Yeah. The game, the Saturday game after Hull is, I'm just looking up this now. Yeah, the Saturday after Hull is Accrington Stanley. Oh, there's Hull. <laughs> there you are. One that is the perfect like encapsulation because it kind of happened in the Ross season, didn't it? We had them on that Friday night when things started to wobble for the first time, that two to draw going two and nil down. And then after that, we play Blackpool again on midweek, then Plymouth, then Northampton, then our playoff semi final against Portsmouth. Um, probably. What do we think for results then against Blackpool as looking at the short term? Um, is anyone looking beyond a one one? <laughs> It's hard not to, really. <laughs> it's so tempting. It feels like it's got it. Honestly, is the yeah. most 1-1 game of all yeah. time. So it'll I probably really finish 4-3 or something. Uh, I'll just go for the crack since I'll say we'll win 3-1. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree. Um, I think this we get sucked back in this weekend yeah, before course. losing our last two games because that would be that then it would mirror Jack Ross actually because yeah. we lost mm. the last two games in the Ross season, didn't we? Um, the first season down here. So yes, we win there. We beat all, drop points for Peter <laughs> Brenhall as well this weekend. Why not? Uh, um, but one <laughs> thing to end on as well, if anyone is feeling a lot of doom and gloom as we stare down the barrel of the playoffs, let's just remember. This is all set up very nicely for us to win at Wembley twice this season and none of us be there to see us. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's my bizarre Perfect. way of saying keep the faith. Um, <laughs> me and I think I'll be joined again on Saturday after the match by Matthew. We'll, we'll let him out the bath by then. You might have a little break from the House of Mouse. Um, he, might, he might be drunk, who knows? But we'll be back to react to that one. And hopefully it'll be a win as well, because boy, do we need this. Boy, did we need that. But (laughs) as ever, thank you very much for listening.